Chapter Five, Part One of Angels of the Battlefield. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Angels of the Battlefield by George Barton, St. Louis Military Hospital, Part One. In the meantime, operations in the great civil conflict were beginning in the Southwest the fact that missouri was a border state made it the scene of some of the most dramatic events of the war thousands of the sick and wounded of both armies were cared for in st louis it was on the twelfth of august eighteen sixty one that major-general fremont commanding the department of the west established a military hospital in the suburbs of st louis general fremont desired that every attention should be paid to the wounded soldiers he visited them frequently and perceiving that there was much neglect on the part of the attendants applied to the sisters of st philomena's school for a sufficient number of them to take charge of the hospital he promised the sisters if they would accept to leave everything to their management there was no delay in acceding to this request reverend james francis berlando the superior of the sisters of charity during a visit made to st philomena's school a few months previous had foreseen the probability of such an occurrence and given the sisters direction to guide them in such a case the sisters had the superintendence of everything relating to the sick in the hospital some of the soldier attendants at first looked with wonder on the strange dress and appearance of the new nurses asking them if they were freemasons the sisters were however treated with the greatest respect so much that not an oath or disrespectful word was heard in the hospital during the three years that they were there the hospital was visited every other day by the ladies of the union aid society who could not help admiring the almost profound silence observed in the wards they could not understand the influence the sisters exercised over the patients both sick and convalescent who were as submissive as children the archbishop of st louis the late most reverend p r kenrick d d was pleased when he learned that the sisters had been asked for at the hospital the prelate provided a chaplain who said mass every morning in the oratory arranged in their apartment after the mass the chaplain visited every ward instructing baptizing and reconciling sinners to god there were hundreds of baptisms during the time the sisters were in the hospital the greatest number of the persons thus baptized dying in the hospital the institution was closed at the end of the war and the sisters returned to their former homes father burke was one of the priests who did a great deal of work in the hospital and he bears testimony to the fact that the patients thought there were no persons like the sisters they would often say indeed it was not the doctor that cured us it was the sisters when returning to their regiment they would say sisters we may never see you again but be assured you will be very gratefully remembered others would say sisters i wish we could do something for you but you do not seem to want anything besides it is not in the power of any poor soldier to make you anything like recompense all that we can do for you is fight for you and that we will do until our last breath they preferred applying to the sisters in the cases where they could do so than to the doctors and as a result the sisters had a difficult task in encouraging them to have confidence in the doctors every evening the sisters were accustomed to visit a tent a few yards distant from the hospital where the badly wounded cases were detained one night a sister found a poor man whose hand had been amputated from the wrist 
suffering very much the arm being terribly inflamed he complained that the doctor had that morning ordered a hot poultice and that he had not received it the sister called the nurse and wound dresser and inquired why the doctor's orders had not been attended to they told her that there were no hops in the hospital that the steward had gone to town that morning before they knew it and they had no other opportunity of sending to obtain any that day the sisters immediately sent across the yard to a bakery and got some hops and had the poultice put on the poor man was gratified and surprised the sisters he said find ways and means to relieve every one but others who make a profession of the work do not even know how to begin it when a new doctor came to the hospital it was from the patients that he would learn to appreciate the value of the sisters when the patients returned to their regiments they would say to their sick companions if you go to st louis try to get to the house of refuge hospital the sisters are there and they will soon make you well late one evening a sister went to see that nothing was wanting for the sick she found a man suffering from intense pain in his forehead and temples he had taken cold in camp and the inflammation went to his eyes so that he became entirely blind the pain in his forehead was so intense that he thought he could not live until morning the sister asked him to let her bind up his forehead with a wide bandage oh sister he said it is no use the doctor has been bathing my forehead with spirits of ether and other liquids and nothing will do me any good i cannot live until morning my head is splitting open but you may do what you like she took a wide bandage which unknown to him was saturated in chloroform bound up his head and left him early in the morning she went to ask him how he spent the night he said oh sister i've rested well from the moment you put your hands on my forehead i felt no pain he never thought of attributing the relief to the chloroform because he did not know of it and the sister feeling that in this case ignorance was bliss did not enlighten him the patients had the best of feeling toward the sisters and when the medical doctor visited the hospital he would stand in the middle of the ward and tell the patients to whom they owed their comfort the good order cleanliness and regularity that reigned there he told them that all these things came through the sisters it is a notable fact that the respect with which they were treated in the beginning never diminished but went on increasing while the hospital lasted two of the prisoners of war as a result of a court-martial were to be executed but the worthy chaplain who daily attended the prison obtained the pardon of one while the sisters obtained that of the other on one occasion a soldier who was accused of desertion was sentenced to be hanged and the sisters attended him until it was all over there was an elderly man confined in the prison hospital who always found great pleasure in seeing to the wants of his companions he told the sisters it made him happy to see them get what they most desired toward the close of the war he obtained his release and afterwards sent fifty dollars to the sisters to supply the wants of the suffering sick his son soon after this was charged with some military offence tried by court-martial sentenced and executed the young man became a catholic and in his last moments received the consolations of the church his remains were given up to his family and his father requested the clergyman who attended him before his execution to preach the funeral sermon which the priest did in a baptist church where his hearers were all baptists one of the priests who was untiring in his work among the soldiers in st louis during those heart-breaking days was father patrick john ryan 
now the archbishop of the great archdiocese of philadelphia early in the war he was appointed a chaplain by the government but resigned his position feeling that he could do better work among the southern prisoners of war if he appeared among them simply as a priest the rector of one of the protestant episcopal churches in st louis succeeded him as chaplain father ryan is authority for the statement that there were probably more baptisms in this military hospital than on any of the battlefields or in any other hospital of the civil war he was a witness to many pathetic and humorous incidents in the daily routine of hospital service on one occasion he was attending a poor drummer boy who was only too surely approaching the end of his life of warfare he spoke to him gently of the things necessary to do under such circumstances instructed him to glance over his past life and try and feel a genuine sorrow for all of his sins and for anything he had done against his fellow-man the boy listened meekly for a while but when he was told to be sorry for all his wrongdoings, a new light flashed upon him he half rose in bed and defiantly declared that if this contemplated the severing of his allegiance to the southern confederacy and an admission that the yankees were right he would have none of it half amused at the outburst and not entirely unmoved at this flash of spirit in what the lad no doubt deemed a righteous cause the good priest soon assured him that his mission was not of the north or the south but of god the young sufferer died soon after this with most edifying sentiments upon his lips sister juliana a sister of bishop chatard of vincennes who did good service in this and other hospitals was the witness of many affecting deathbed scenes and many wonderful deathbed conversions fervent aspirations to heaven went up from the lips of men who had never prayed before soldiers from the backwoods who had known no religion and no god were in a few hours almost transformed it is estimated that priests and sisters baptized between five and six hundred persons at this one hospital archbishop ryan tells of the following incident that came under his personal observation and which john francis mcguire member of parliament from cork has incorporated in one of his works footnote the irish in america End footnote. a sister was passing through the streets of boston with downcast eyes and noiseless steps when she was suddenly addressed in a language that made her pale cheeks flush the insult came from a young man standing on a street corner the sister uttered no word of protest but raising her eyes gave one swift penetrating look at the brutal offender time passed on the war intervened the scene changed to a ward in a military hospital in missouri a wounded soldier once powerful but now as helpless as an infant was brought in and placed under the care of the sisters of charity it was soon evident that the man's hour had arrived that he was not long for this world the sister urged the man to die in the friendship of god to ask pardon for his sins and to be sorry for whatever evil he might have done i have committed many sins in my life he said to the sister and i am sorry for them all and hope to be forgiven but there is one thing that weighs heavy on my mind at this moment i once insulted a sister of charity in the streets of boston her glance of reproach has haunted me ever since i knew nothing of the sisters then but now i know how good and disinterested you are and how mean i was 
oh if that sister were only here weak and dying as i am i would go down upon my knees and ask her pardon the sister turned to him with a look of tenderness and compassion saying if that is all you desire to set your mind at ease you can have it i am the sister you insulted and i grant you pardon freely and from my heart what are you the sister i met in boston oh yes you are i know you now and how could you have attended on me with greater care than on any of the other patients me who insulted you so it is our lord's way replied the sister gently i did it for his sake because he loved his enemies and blessed those who persecuted him i knew you from the moment you entered the hospital i recognized you from the scar over your forehead and i have prayed for you unceasingly send for the priest exclaimed the dying soldier the religion that teaches such charity must be from god and he died in the sister's faith holding in his failing grasp the emblem of man's redemption and murmuring prayers taught him by her whose glance of mild rebuke had long filled him with remorse through every scene of revelry or of peril end of chapter five part one